Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, show where you get comics and you get sports, and it's a comics day because we're doing our big X-Men Apocalypse spoiler-heavy review today. Uh, Kevin Miller's here. How's it going, Kevin? I'm back. Spoiler cast. What up? Uh, the guy who tried to Wally pit me on Monday is here, Mike Lee Pock. How's it going, Mike? <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> Good to have you back. Uh, Rob Callflesh also here. How's it going, Rob? I'm doing well. Still high All on right. that victory. So we might be... A little late on this, but fuck it. We're going to do it anyway because we enjoy talking about the Ace X-Men movie. Do it live. So, here's my theory. Like we, we all saw Apocalypse. Um, the critics have kind of slammed it. The fans have given it uh, mixed reviews, I would say, at best. Here's my theory. There are... What is this? The... Ninth X Men movie? That's what I've heard. Yep. Or tenth, if you count Deadpool, which I don't. Well, I know, it's but not, that's not an X Men movie. But there three Wolverine movies. Yeah. Well, there's gonna be a third one because they're doing like Old Man Logan, I guess. But it's not the eighth one then, or am I missing one? <laughs> Maybe it's eight. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess it's eight, nine if you count Deadpool. Anyway, sure. so let's it's go with eight. If you don't count Wolverine. Yeah, that's true, which you shouldn't, but unfortunately they exist. It's the sixth X-Men movie with X-Men in the title. <laughs> There's now officially three tiers of X-Men movies. I think tier one is just what we would call like the, the really good, fantastic bits of cinema. And I think X2 mm-hmm. and First Class go into tier one. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Tier two... I, I thought I was going to have an argument on my hands, but I agree. No, no, no. <laughs> tier, tier, tier two is... You know, just like fun watch, good stuff, but not a a, a excellent piece of cinema. A, def- a decisive step below. Yeah, and, a, a and but, but step, not yes. but not terrible, right? Yeah. Like still no, still good, still watchable. Yeah. So tier two, I think, consists of X one yeah. and Days of Future Past. Yeah. yeah. Tier three is absolute. Dog shit. No, you never watch this. Yeah. It's, it's awful piece of crap. And that is Last Stand, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and The Wolverine. Now, do those, does Tier 3 have any redeeming qualities in there at all? Like, is it 100% uh, it can. shit? Sure. No, well, it, it can or have, is like, it just comprised of, like, 95% shit? So the it's other five get drowned. It's funny that you, mentioned, you bring that up, Rob, because... You know me. I've I've always said one of my things that I've always said is if you can't say anything nice about like if you can't find one thing that you like about a movie even even if it's crap like if you can't find one thing to point to and be like hey that was fun yeah. you're not really trying you know and so I was thinking about it and the Wolverine which is garbage but it does have the cool train sequence right? I heard that that movie had some redeeming factors actually it's yeah. not bad. Like it's 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 not great, but it has some cool action sequences. It has some nice like scenic shots too. Yeah, when the ninjas attack the the funeral, and then Wolverine's like chasing them over rooftops, and then they end up on the train, and Wolverine's fighting that one guy on the train, and it you know looks like an actual train fight where they can't stand and stuff like that, right? Can I can like, I point no, something out here quickly just to put an asterisk next to this conversation? Yeah, uh, Matt Pierce, you've gone on record before saying you generally dislike it when a hero goes up against swarms of ninjas. <laughs> When? Uh, Daredevil, <laughs> Arrow. 
Yeah, but uh, well, What's Daredevil. Citation, Miller, come on. Uh, I mean, I can point to episodes if you give me a few minutes. I didn't realize I was writing a report here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I hate it in Daredevil because ninjas don't belong in Daredevil. It's, it, like Wolverine, I, I at least sort of buy it because the man went to Japan, oh, where <laughs> I guess ninjas originated. Um, so there's that. But like, I was thinking about it. Last Stand at least kind of had the like some stuff where like. I mean, it wasn't great, but the stuff I did like was when they did, like, you know, I'm the juggernaut, bitch, and as terrible as that was, but you could at least kind of go, hey, that was fun. I, X-Men Origins Wolverine, I racked and racked and racked my brain. To find the one thing of, you liked about it. Yeah, to find the one thing I liked about it. Couldn't, couldn't if you want to it. enjoy that movie, you need to go find the leaked work print version of it. Oh, I saw that. That is yeah. phenomenal. It's so yeah. good. When they have the like the arrows pointing, saying "Add stuff here, yeah. add, add stuff there." Sparkle. It's when, when uh, Sabretooth is like, yeah, he puts his hand against the window, and it's like "Add claws here." Yeah. And then when he gets knocked off the logging truck, and it just goes complete like gray matter claymation kind of thing. And it, yeah, just... they, the leaked rough cut Ooh, was hilarious. Yeah. So. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think Apocalypse goes on Tier 2. I was going to say the same, yeah. And if you guys disagree with me, uh, feel free to say anything. Let's start with Rob. Uh, I can see it being there because there was more redeeming things or okay things than there was shit. Um, My initial assessment coming out of the movie was like a 6 or 7 out of 10. But actually, yeah. the more I thought about it, right now, I'm thinking like six max. I'm thinking five or six right now. I was going to say um, six or seven myself, yeah. But um, but that's still a passing grade, uh, so I can see it being in tier two. But there was a lot of, a lot of things that you just got to let slide, I think. But I don't know. That, that yeah. are just things that they didn't develop. Yeah, I mean, the the, the thing I, I didn't like the most, I would say the, the, the biggest thing, because there were some plot holes in this movie, the biggest plot hole to me was Magneto at the end when he just gets to be a good guy again. How many people did he kill? Because Despite the fact he killed death. millions of people. Yeah, e- millions, easily in the millions. Easily millions, and then he just got to hang out at the... At the uh, the mansion with Charles, just like, hey, see you later, yeah, bud. I was thinking Glad back on that scene. Thing. When I was thinking back on that scene, all I could think of was X Men Three, when at the end of the movie, they they it, it legit ends and they all lived happily ever after for no reason. Yeah. And it's like, and there's like sunshine, and there's there's this nice little like news thing, and it's like, and all the mutants are happy now. And it's like, well, yeah. why? Like, and and then he shows up, and they're like, all right. And, and when they left, it's like. They're they're you know they're happy and they're you know shaking hands and I, I just expected one of them to be like haha kill you later like <laughs> he still killed millions of people he's yeah. still a villain yeah I don't know how you start the movie as a fugitive kill a bunch more people have a moment where you say hey I'm gonna not kill more people and then just walk free after them. 
Yeah, that was... people tried to convince him to stop. Because that's a great point, Mike, because definitely at the end of The Last Stand, X3, uh, it just shows Magneto in the park playing chess, and why was he allowed to do that? (laughs) Yeah, because he lost his powers. Whatever. He's a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he's an old man. He's been... Oh, well, that's okay. I mean, you make hell of a charming. Oh, man, I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, Fassbender's too pretty for jail. <laughs> oh man, I just I mean, what did you think of the second Quicksilver sequence cuz I enjoyed it, but it also felt kind of hackneyed to me. Oh, what do you think we thought? So hackneyed. It was It just yeah. what it was is they're like, "Hey, you know what people really liked it was the first time we did this." Yeah, it felt like breaking singers. it down. And I was like, okay, so the first time was entertaining, but still seemed pretty mm-hmm. unbelievable. But it's like, whatever, the guy's super, super, you know, fast. Uh, when you fire a gun, it takes about, you know, like, you know, a fraction of a second for the bullet to go from, you know, the gun to the person you're shooting at, which is pretty close by. So in a fraction of a second, he goes, runs around the room, deflects a bunch of bullets, has some fun, and knocks a bunch of guards out. That's pretty cool. The An explosion like that, like a giant explosion that immediately leaves a giant crater and decimates an area, takes about the same amount of time. And in that time, he ran many, many kilometers. Yeah. And it's just like, at some point, you're like, ah, ah, come on. Like, yeah, I actually had that same that thing. <laughs> pushed, pushed it a bit too far. And then when he's, like, eating pizza and playing with a dog, I'm like, ah, <laughs> Yeah, I had that same thing, Mike, where I'm like, oh, okay, so where it was like, I love this scene, and it's fun, but A, is the point of this scene to be fun, because the the building just got blown the hell up. Yeah, and all these people are... (laughs) Like, let's just rob that in seriousness. Someone died! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and I'm like, oh, I guess Alex died, whoops! Yeah, (laughs) I blew it. You know what? Like, yeah, we had all yeah we had all this like look how how much fun we're having. Oops, I like thought of it though was that was thought, was, did you get my brother? Nah, I'm pretty sure I got everybody. Also, the nerd in me was like, "There's no way he's faster than the Flash." Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the other thing is okay. So, um, I, I you know, uh, it was a bit of a problem. I had a bit, bit of a problem with him being so nonchalant about everything. And I thought about it for a second, and I was like, okay, so this is what, like a decade after Days of Future Past? Yeah, yeah, it's supposed so to be exactly ten. He's years. a twenty-something guy living in his, you know, parents' basement, and he's basically a god. Like yeah. he he's twenty-something, he's or basically something. a god. That does not make a healthy human being. So <laughs> him. <laughs> playing around the whole time makes more sense than this. Like, yeah, everyone's dying and everything's blowing <laughs> up. But, you know, I'm a horrible person because I've been playing Pac-Man for the last 15 years. And, and I could have told uh, Magneto I was his son and he would have immediately stopped killing people, but I didn't. <laughs> for some <laughs> reason. For, yeah, because it was complicated, for I guess. For literally no reason, because my, my yeah. weird relationship with my dad is more important than millions of people. Well, millions of people across the world. I suppose, but, like, if your dad was Hitler, I would also be like, God, do I want to admit this? <laughs> like, it stops Hitler from doing Hitler things, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I suppose. Um, one of my favorite moments of unintentional comedy was, um, I thought that the best scene that they had in the movie was when they took 
um, uh, Apocalypse moved uh, his little group of cronies to Auschwitz, and they actually shot that scene in Auschwitz. And it was actually, you know, very poignant. And, like, Foshbender, I thought, was, was really good in that scene and, and had a lot of cool imagery of him destroying the place. But Olivia Munn was uh, standing around in her... And, you know, and, like, here, here's a good chance to maybe give some female characters in this movie something to do. But it's a like, no, we'll just, yeah. yeah, we'll just have Olivia Munn stand around in her, like like sex ninja yeah. costume yeah. walking around Auschwitz where all these like horrible, horrible, like some of the greatest atrocities in human history were created. And you know, she's walking around in like, <laughs> like, like between takes, like picking ass wedgies out of like, out of her rubber ninja costume. Right. Yeah, on top like, of masquerades. Yeah. And it's just like, there had to be a moment where Olivia Munn was just sitting there like, I don't care how much they're paying me. What the hell am I doing? Right? Yeah, hey, everyone else in this movie has awesome body armor. Can I like yeah. uh, get some pants? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I, as unrealistic it is, I actually enjoyed the Psylocke outfit just because it 100% nailed yeah. the comic book. Yeah, yeah which like again, like, which is that, it's a stupid outfit, but it yeah. was like 100% nailed, and I was like, wow, they. Did not ask her to talk when auditioning for this role. Yeah, no. well, and and that's I was going to bring up this point a little later on, but we can get to it now because it, it's relevant. I was going to bring up this point is uh, they did the same thing where they matched the uh, Jubilee costume pretty spot on, and yeah. then had that character deliver two lines <laughs> and oh, did, do nothing in the movie. Like uh, Jubilee and Psylocke did not need to be in this movie. <laughs> did Jubilee actually have a line? I couldn't remember. I don't think they ever. Even I did call her by name. No, she talks. No. Okay. Yeah, she had lines. She had a couple lines, and so did uh, Psylocke. But I mean, well, I like, know did. You could probably write all of their lines in a tweet each, <laughs> probably. And they were overall both almost completely irrelevant to the plot. Yeah, I'm I'm all for them using, like I I, I like the fact that they, we've we've reached because Singer made the joke in the first comic movie that he ever made where. They did the joke where he's like, are we really wearing these suits? And then he goes, what do you want, yellow spandex? Yeah, and yeah. we in the audience are sitting there going, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, you want them to wear their real comic outfit from the thing. And now we've... Now we got a Return of the know, Jedi joke. Yeah, enough time has passed that they've, they've gone and they're like, hey, we'll put Iron Man in his iron suit. Hey, we'll put, you know, Spider-Man in the Steve Ditko outfit. Yeah. Hey, you know, Black Panther's here and looks badass. Yeah. And, Turns out being able to recognize these characters is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, that works, but Psylocke's ridiculous comic outfit where you would, if you were like a, a, a covert, you know, telepathic ninja, where you would never dress like this in real life. Oh, yeah, and I mean, like... Maybe pump the brakes on that, on the sex oh, ninja. Oh, she's on got the, a fucking lightsaber. She can dress however she wants. <laughs> and, like, uh, Kevin Feige in the MCU has basically said, like, we're not putting Scarlet Witch in a goddamn bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the headgear. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's not going to be in that costume. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous, okay. and we hate it. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Some of them right. are worse than others. Psylocke's is bad, but it's at least, it, if you think of it as being like a gymnastics leotard, at least she can move in it. But like, you would never, because like here, like all, all of the ridiculous costumes that they give are 
obviously woman related because if you think about it, Wonder Woman would never dress like the way Wonder Woman dresses oh. because she's an Amazon warrior, right? And her <laughs> ridiculous outfit offers her no like protection from weapons that she <laughs> knows how to use and would fight. Yeah, with. well, yeah, you got to think about it in terms of practicality, right? But if, yeah. if you think of Psylocke as just I'm going to move so fast, no one can hit me. Like, I'm never mm-hmm. going to get hit. Then, you know, a gymnastics thing kind of makes sense, but it still looks freaking ridiculous compared I, to... I would agree with you if I didn't put Quicksilver like, in cargo pants and skate shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, you can, like, you can at least... But, like, if you were Psylocke, you would <laughs> find yourself some nice, like... Yeah. I don't know, like... Blue light, lemon light. yoga pants. <laughs> Not that bad, but, like, light leather armor or something you could move around. I don't know, just something a little more functional. Something that, like, if you got struck by lightning, it might not, like, be like, oh, no, my bare legs. <laughs> so no metal, then. <laughs> yeah, because it's basically the same thing with uh, frickin' Electra in the comics, too, where it's like, she's like, I'm a sex ninja as well. And it's yeah. like... Uh, I wear red actually, instead uh, of purple. Brings yeah, me no. to my next point to get off the costume bit a little bit. Uh, Pierce, if you're Apocalypse and you're pranking the strong, the four most powerful mutants in the world to be your horsemen, do you get Psylocke and Angel? You don't get Angel, because, like, the entire time I was thinking of Angel, I was just laughing, because I, it, like, and God bless Pete Holmes for this, because, like, Pete Holmes did the, the, the thing where he was, like, if you've never seen this, look it up on YouTube oh, where Professor X. <laughs> yeah, where Professor X was firing the X Men, and then he goes <laughs> well, to like he's like, "Hey, Angel, what do you do?" And he's like, "I fly." And he goes, "Yeah, what else do you do?" And he's like, "No, that's really just it." And he goes, "Well, you're fired. <laughs> like, do you know how many of the X Men can fly and do other stuff? You just you just have fly and you have bird wings." And he's like, "Bird, it's so good." And the entire time I was watching that, and the guy looked like Josh Donaldson too, which kept throwing me off. <laughs> I was like, is Josh Donaldson playing, like, is third baseman Toronto Blue Jays Josh Donaldson playing Angel? It's really throwing me off, but uh, no. I would, however, get Storm. <laughs> like, no, I would absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, that's a good pick. <laughs> and and I would Storm her... is half a god, so you know, that, that's Storm? a good thing. Um, yeah, Archangel, or Angel, not, not so much. You, you know what's really funny is that... Um, when I was, uh, you know, watching the show and reading any comics and stuff, at, uh, by the time I was paying attention to anything, Angel was turned into Archangel by Apocalypse. So the character, the main character, was Archangel. And then mm-hmm. when I when I went started going back and looking at things, and I saw that he was originally Angel, and it was just a dude with wings. It's like, wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, I was like, Warren dude, yeah. you're way better off. Why are you so angry? Yeah, your face is blue, but now you can do stuff. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people's faces are blue, apparently. Yeah. Well, like, because it was, yeah, Warren Worthington. And Archangel's actually, like, a big, they didn't do anything in this movie with Archangel, which kind of ticked me off, because his whole character arc uh, in the comics, like, there's a lot of meat on the bone when you do Warren Worthington and have, like, Apocalypse trick him into becoming the Archangel and, and the way they did it in the 90s animated series and in the uh, Age of Apocalypse storyline. So there was a lot of meat on the bone there, and then they just chose to really use none of that. And so he was just there, and it was basically the Pete Holmes like sketch where he was like, like, get your stupid bird wings out of here. You don't belong here, right? Was this, how stupidly ironic was it that he died by falling? Yeah. There's one thing is he can fly. He can fly. And they yeah. he could in a plane. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> I had to give him a brother a serial moment. 
Well, the the, the real um, the problem is that, that like it, it, with the original like four horsemen of the uh, apocalypse that apocalypse make uh, when he gets them all together, the main guy is uh, Archangel, and that's kind of the main storyline. If you're looking at his four horsemen, it's it's uh, it's apocalypse, it's it's Archangel, and then. They threw in Archangel as kind of like I guess just like a bone, just be like, "Hey, comic book readers, look, we included him." There's but then they shifted the fo- focus to Magneto and made the story about him, and okay. then they just left. Archangel. Yeah, and I mean, I asked the question sarcastically, but I don't know as a comics reader. Like, I'm not a comics reader. I'm not even a huge X Men fan at all. Uh, so, you know, when I ask, hey, if you're gathering the four strongest mutants, why Psylocke, why Angel? Angel, I guess, makes sense for uh, storytelling purposes. Was Psylocke in the mix as well? Uh, not originally, uh, no. No, but Psylocke, in this one, it just seemed like... Uh, she's also a telekinetic in the... Or not a telekinetic, a telepathic oh, in the comics. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. So she's a bit more uh, thing, but... Uh, yeah, her lightsaber is like, mind-powered. <laughs> Yeah, like her her thing of like I have my whip and I have my my light powered or yeah my mind powered lightsaber basically <laughs> so she's able to create the mind like bullets the, yeah energy projections with her mind that she forms into various weapons and but she also is a telepathic and in this one it just seemed like she could form her weapons and she had a sword yeah well the the original four horsemen I went. I actually, because mm-hmm. I couldn't remember who they were, I went reading about them today, and I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> yeah, well, because a couple of them are like, it depends on who's telling the story, too, right? Because they tried to base them a lot on the actual, like, fear, famine, pestilence, yeah, and all that. Yeah, uh, pestilence was a Morlock named Plague. Yeah. And she touched people and she got sick. Yeah, and then and the, well, and and the, that that guy. Well, he's he's a, he's a dude in the movies, but he was in yeah. what first class or he was in Days of Future Past. Yeah, he was one. I think he was in Days of Future Past, wasn't he? In the in the yeah, he was in he was in Nam. Yeah, in the tent or whatever. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but they, I guess they didn't use him. <laughs> no. Um, but he was supposed to be part of the first uh, one, and the other two, I was just like, I, I don't know who these people are at all. Other than mm-hmm. the fact that they were part of the Horsemen, I think it was just like, and it, it was basically uh, Apocalypse is like, all right, I got Famine, I got uh, Death, who was uh, my Archangel, Angel. and yeah. the other two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can just fill uh, in the blanks, because one of the things that I noticed with all the new characters, um, they basically, they joined the group, they did their did or said their one thing, and then... That was it. It was basically like an RPG. X player has joined the party, and then they just mm-hmm. ride the pine, and because yeah. you don't care about them. And there was the bit that, I mean, it, it was kind of a cool sequence. But Apocalypse, like, it was a cool sequence when he was like putting the armor and stuff on them. But then he was, uh, uh, buddy. Uh, Professor X contacted Magneto and they were having their, you know, telepathic conversation. Yeah. And Apocalypse realizes halfway through it that he's like, oh my. And then, like, the rest of the sequence was kind of cool. But basically, Apocalypse could have noticed, like, two minutes earlier and destroyed the world if he wasn't spending time putting face tattoos on Angel. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing? He doesn't need these face tattoos, right? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, that did subvert my expectations because he didn't destroy the world. He launched all the nukes, which, uh, as we learned from Arrow, is bad. Uh, yeah, and but he just spent on his face, and the way they go forever. I thought when, were... when he did that, I was like, "Wait, seriously?" Is it, it, it honestly? It felt like like when your grandparents use Facebook. 
<laughs> it's like Apocalypse has been asleep for thousands of years. He hasn't quite figured out how this whole computer things work. So he's like, I have all the nukes. I'll kill everybody. And then it goes yeah. into space. I'm like, hmm. He's like, all yeah, right, I, I meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't see them not coming back down. Like, gra- grandma, Grandma, why, why, why do you keep liking everything? Stop, <laughs> Stop sending the nukes into space. Use them. But he learned everything through a television. Okay, here's another thing. <laughs> so he learned how to talk by watching 80s TV. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Radical. He sure did. <laughs> so why wasn't he using slang like, smooth move, x lax <laughs> I tell you, this is completely radical. <laughs> <laughs> I think he learned everything he knows of war from watching M.A.S.H. <laughs> The 13th year of the Korean War. The war uh, I, I feel like his war experience would have come from the, you know, the past. I think he would have brought some of that with him. But he did watch all that TV. He did. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that messed with his mind. That TV makes you violent. Maybe he yeah. Was <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about a few things that we liked. Um, <clears throat> I really enjoyed that opening sequence. That I agree. Yeah, uh, and it's, and they actually it, it set the bar really high, and yeah, then they just and, it pretend it was high jump. They didn't make it over. They knocked it down. That's true. But I mean, I, that opening sequence I really like. A lot of action, a lot of cool sequences. But also, uh, Carly and I had the unfortunate uh, business of seeing that in 3D. Oh yeah, I definitely want 2D. <laughs> and they actually used like. Like for that sequence, they actually used some some 3D imaging to you know make it enhance the experience. And then when we went through our like Doctor Who, like oh uh, through the tunnel for the credits <laughs> tunnel thing, they used the CG or the the 3D for that too. So that was kind of funky. And then the rest of the movie, uh, other than the Quicksilver sequence, they did they didn't uh, utilize the 3D any anymore. I don't at least not that I can think of off the top in of my head. In the end fight, did they not do it? Because a number of those camera shots seemed like it was set up for 3D. Yeah, yeah like a, like a shot yeah, with like the, a, uh, the, the jet crashing and everything. Psylocke <laughs> cutting through a car and whatnot. Yeah, and uh, Magneto's like bubble thing, yeah. like his magnet bubble that he that, that had some, some 3D elements to it as well. Yeah. I, I definitely still... saw it in 2D as well because my eyes can only take so much. <laughs> still not worth the... Uh, <laughs> the extra five bucks or whatever they charge you. That for. opening uh, sequence, though, what a leap. <laughs> because for people to come into this movie and be like, oh, it's an X-Men movie. I remember watching X-Men. <laughs> and, like, what the hell is happening? They really throw you in the deep end in that opening scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. They're like, swim! <laughs> like, who are these people? What year is it? What has happened? <laughs> that's true, but at the same time, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves about movies these days, is the previews show so much. Oh, and, yeah. be- and they didn't do also, and yeah. also, they didn't do anything for that particular scene. But also, the fact that the movie's called X Men Apocalypse, yeah, and it starts off as like, well, who's that? Well, that's Apocalypse. You probably figured that out either you knew comics or you've seen the trailer, so yeah. you know that's Apocalypse. Pretty right. sure someone could just fill in the gaps of what is going on around them, or it's like you know, it's a movie. Maybe you have to wait. A couple of minutes to find out and let them oh, sure. yeah, unravel. I mean, you don't have to know everything right off the fucking bat. <laughs> it's one of the things that really bugs me. Oh well, no, no, they, they definitely revealed this. Like, like revealed that it was Apocalypse with the big blue face, like yeah. really early and not very. 
Uh, it wasn't very dramatic. I guess they, they just really got to the point with a lot of stuff. Like, I think the the whole first act was extremely exposition-y. I really liked the opening scene, but a lot of it was like, and then there's this guy, and then there's this guy, and, like, all these people that you've already been introduced to in previous movies, but we're going to clumsily introduce them again. Um, and then it was... You have that kind of really haste, hastily introduction to a lot of stuff. Yeah, which yeah. jumping around like here's uh, Mystique, you get to see her again. What's he up to? Here's Magneto. What's he up to? Yeah, here, here's Jean Grey. She's psychic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the stuff with uh, Mystique, it's like okay, so apparently she's doing this stuff now. Um, what happened at the end of Days of Future Past? with her imitating Stryker to dig out Wolverine. Yeah, that they just completely, completely ignored. Ignored that, yeah. Which I actually thought I hated that in Days of Future Past, because it didn't make sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, like, like, okay, it's Mystique. It's like, so what's your plan? Yeah, and it was like... It, to get it, him out of the water? Yeah, it was very bad, because I was like... Because having Stryker go, you know, hey, now I've got this guy, and, and it sets up the Weapon X program, and I was like, hey, that's smart, and then it was they did the mystique guys thing again. And I was like, why did you do that? Yeah. And we, we can talk all day about um, to, uh, two things. I think I, I think my biggest takeaway from the, the, from this movie is two things. One, Brian Singer needs to take a break from the X-Men movies. Yes. Again. And two, let's get Jennifer Lopez or Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, let's get Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. Let's get both of them. Let's get Jennifer Lopez and Jennifer Lawrence away from these X-Men movies. Like, like just, is she phony? Like, could she have phoned it in more? Like, I, I'm not sure it was, it was more possible for her to have phoned this movie. And she is she just ever cared about. No, like even the way she was delivering the lines, she was just like, she was just like, you guys are X-Men now. Can I have my paycheck? Can I never do this ever again? Oh, she had her I just, hair braided, was wearing body armor. I'm like, maybe she tried to convince herself she was doing another Hunger Games movie. Yeah, it's just like, well, because like she, you can tell she's clearly like, because the thing was, like Hunger Games came out and she kind of got a little bit more famous. Oh yeah, and then <laughs> when you're a little bit more famous, you think of stuff like, hey, I'll play Mystique in the new X Men movie, which has a really good script. It seems like a smart decision. But then Fox says stuff also like... Also an interesting okay. character that you get to grow throughout the whole movie, right? Yeah, and, Fo- and, and Fox says stuff like, okay, you can be Mystique, but we're going to have a contract in where if this movie hits, you got to play her for two more movies, right? Which is, you know, the sort of thing movie studios do when it results in crap like The Hangover 2 and 3, right? Yeah. And so Jennifer Lawrence at the time thinks, why the hell not? I'll be Mystique. Fuck it. This is a good script, and I'll, I'll be in. And then, so she slays it in Days of right Future <laughs> Or so she slays it in X in first class, and then all of a sudden wins an Oscar right after yeah. Yeah. Days of Future or Days of Future Past. And once you win an Oscar, I don't necessarily think you're like, hey, I want to go put on a fuckload of blue makeup and play Mystique again, and I want to get up at three in the morning, yeah. sit in a makeup chair for six hours, right? I've so grown like, beyond this. <laughs> yeah. So man, did she phone in her performance in this movie? So. Brian Singer the other day on Twitter, and this might have been you know one of those like internet rumor things, but Singer apparently said he wanted to do a uh, oh Mystique standalone, Oof. and I was just like, <laughs> no, with who? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like yes, good idea, just not with you and not with her. Right? Like, yeah. let's, let's inject some new blood into this. Some people who might actually 
I don't know, give a fuck, right? Like, who will be running this movie and starring yeah. in the movie? Because we don't have anybody. <laughs> yeah, like, I like J Law. I'm a I'm a big J Law fan, but uh, yeah, she totally she for she completely phoned in this movie and is just disinterested in this whole thing. So let's get her away from playing Mystique and 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 get somebody else. That that was one of my biggest takeaways. The other thing is that you know what you don't even have to have Mystique in it anymore. Like it's not like you need to recast Mystique. Just get get rid of Mystique. Just replace. Yeah, that's else. true. There are a billion characters yeah. that can. This is now my walking Mystique. around body. They, they could have yeah. actually even just left her out of this. Yeah, I get like, I mean, what is she? What is she? I mean, I guess her her character was kind of essential because they needed her to kind of talk to Magneto and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It was all uh, like it was it, they could have had Quicksilver talk to him. Yeah. It's all a big misstep and there was really no there's Yeah, I guess the weird thing is that like Mystique's throughout this uh era of X Men, like her her biggest tie is to Professor Xavier and they had nothing together. No. Yeah. They, they didn't they the... do anything. And and she didn't also didn't really interact with Magneto. So yeah, she was completely unnecessary other than to yeah. be she you know, to... Jennifer Lawrence playing Mystique, which well, is a real shame block because block. she did she brought, she brought a and she introduced Psylocke, like she was a plot. <laughs> yeah, she went around she was the going back to the RPG uh yeah. analogy, she was the hero that you were controlling and you were going around you know, forming your party. Mm-hmm. And then you know she, she moved, could have just then ridden the pine. Yeah, she moved the plot devices from point A to point B so that they could be there for the third act, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, she moved Nightcrawler and and everybody around. Yeah, <sighs> but but the, like that, yeah. that, all of that could have been done in another way. I mean, they didn't completely butcher Storm in this one, but I thought Storm was fine, other than the fact that. Again, going back to just underutilized, like, welcome to the party. Okay. Basically, because she was the first one to interact with Apocalypse. Yeah. So it's like, great. Apocalypse is now up to speed. Uh, Storm's got new powers. Um, Just wait around until I need you to shoot lightning. Mm -hmm. Which I hate because Storm, to me, this this is one man's opinion. But Storm is the best female character that Marvel has. And you can try to argue for other people, but I I will argue that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And especially in the comic books where she's like, you know, leader of the Morlocks and kicking the shit out of Cyclops constantly and Mohawk Storm. It it was just some of the best stuff and and easily one of the, the, the sexiest like comic characters that they've ever done is when she has that mohawk married to Black Panther and stuff. Right. She's the, you know, she's the queen of Wakanda at some points. And for her to just kind of be standing there as a background, as an ancillary character all the time, while we make, you know, more room for Jean Grey and, and Cyclops just yeah. really chaps my ass. The only thing I, I know about her character is that she considers Mystique a hero because we need to they use that to bring her over to the good guys in the third act. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Which I guess sort of worked, but I mean, eh, it seems my, a pretty my big flaky takeaway of this to, movie yeah. is it had a lot of flimsy plot stuff that basically was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, we need to work this into '90s X-Men. So yeah, yeah. We have, to have these people die, these people survive, and these people join this team, and <laughs> like that sort of thing. 
Uh, and it's all these reasons, which is why, like, my six out of seven went down to five out of six, or, like, sorry, yeah, six or seven out of ten went down to a five, basically. Because it's, like, it's you're relying on just either doing a Homer Simpson and making up your own movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or <laughs> you fill in the blanks. Filling in the blank, yeah. Or you're using your comic book knowledge that we have, or at least some mm-hmm. of us have bits of it, or we're using the 90s cartoon to just fill in the blanks. And again, make up our own plot, and we're just using the visuals uh, as the comic book. And for a movie, if I want to just look at still images, um, I'll go look at a comic or I'll go read a comic book because most of the time the art is just awesome. Um, but for a movie, I want to actually see decent acting, hopefully by a decent script and awesome music and whatnot. And I don't, I don't yeah. recall the music uh, off the top of my head right now if it was actually good or not. So because I don't remember it, it probably was like just mediocre. They definitely had a few tracks in there to remind you that it was the 80s. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, uh, the Quicksilver Sweet Dreams. Quicksilver one, that part was awesome because the I rhythmics. <laughs> yes, I yeah. love that song. So that was a part that actually made the Quicksilver scene <laughs> slightly better for me. But at the same time, it's just like, well, that was really convenient that you're there just as the place is blowing up, so you can go do your sil- uh, Quicksilver thing. Yeah, I don't mind mm-hmm. that. I mean, there's a lot of like. At least they built that up. He didn't just like that wasn't his first scene in the movie. <laughs> Like, I'm okay with there being coincidental timing in a comic book movie. Yeah, true. I mean, they're, they're trying to tell a story regardless of how good that story might be. The only uh, the issue that I have with uh, with Quicksilver, and especially in that scene, is that he's so fast and he does everything so well. Like, there there were multiple characters in this movie that basically had godlike powers. Mm-hmm. And so there's never really the X-Men in general. any sense of urgency because he's basically a god and uh well i mean apocalypse is would be if he could figure out how to fucking use facebook Um, (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I think the biggest problem with this movie is they needed one more draft don't you think like they needed one guy to take a look at the script and just kind of shape it up Maybe, maybe you know, fig, you hopefully know, just, it wasn't just a bunch of yes men going over it. And it didn't feel like a yes men because there is some body to this movie. Yeah. It's just they needed like a like I don't know how many guys this went through, but they needed like a, just a, a one more person. Yeah, I, I think it might have been needed more it. than one person. The, the really odd thing yeah. about it, and it's actually a little bit, I don't know, kind of jarring, is that the the writing was kind of a mess. Like, the mm-hmm. dialogue was pretty stilted, the storyline was disjointed at best, but a lot of the acting was actually really good. Yeah, so we you, got, you we find got yourself, Fassbender here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Fassbender, yeah. you find yourself being, like, actually emotionally invested in these awful scenes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> Like, like, what did you think of that scene Carter with... got shot by it. Yeah, that was my favorite scene. Yeah. And it's like, I, when that happened, I legit snickered. I was like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then... Ooh, and what the, have you done? <laughs> the rest of the scene plays out, and I was like, oh, damn. Oh, Mac Fassbender, you're so cool. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah, emotions. Uh, this movie, it, it felt 
I agree with Mike. It felt like a mess. And the, the reason for that, I think, is it felt like a lot of set pieces that individually were very cool. Like we had the awesome uh, Fastbender forest scene there. We had the uh, interesting Auschwitz scene. We had a couple good fight scenes. A couple. We had the Quicksilver scene that was visually impressive and had interesting music. Like there were a good handful of scenes that were strung together in kind of a sloppy way with no much story there. Yeah. Like it, it almost feels like this should have been like an hour longer just so they could give people a time to do things and not just go from like one action scene to the next. Like slapping in that whole uh, striker scene in the middle felt like I it was cool and we got the Wolverine cameo which I'm sure we'll talk about as well, um, but it felt like it detracted from the entire plot. <laughs> yeah. Like hey, this is just another scene happening in this movie that already exists. Like it didn't need to happen. <laughs> so you mentioned it. Let's talk about the Weapon X scene. It did not need to be there at all. Thanks. For no. <laughs> But they did cut it loose, yeah. <laughs> and Wolverine yeah. was Weapon X in that in in that moment, which we haven't seen really since X two when the when Striker invaded the mansion. Yeah. But we never got to see Weapon X. We, yeah, but like like well, we got we, to see we have, some, we have some flashbacks, blurry flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And also, but also, not not just the Weapon X, but like we we got to see him cut it loose and the fact that he was actually like stabbing people with his blade. Yeah, like his, yeah I think not since X two has Wolverine gone that crazy on people. And one one of my favorite scenes of any Marvel movie is when all the soldiers attack the school and yes. Wolverine just goes full psycho and just yeah. stabs yeah. every berserker. <laughs> yeah. And it's so like good. you know, just imagine the, uh, the the soldiers being like, "I thought it was in a comic book movie." Stab. Yeah, yeah. But they use that line again in this movie, which is the I pity the unfortunate soul that tries to attack that school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they use that verbatim. Yeah, that, that yeah, I feel a great swell of pity for. Yeah. Call back to the first movie. I, I enjoyed the whole Weapon X thing because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they got they got kidnapped by Striker. Okay, whatever. And then oh, well, they're in the same building as as. You know, Wolverine slash Weapon X. That makes sense because he would take mm-hmm. these things to the same place. They let him out. The only thing I didn't like was when they met. Yeah, it just messes with the timeline. I like it a lot better if if they just did the whole hide behind the cage, open up the door, he goes out and kills everybody. Yeah, and, and then just takes on off. And, and you never realize yeah, yeah, yeah. it was them all along. Time travel. Yeah, the only. And then they, they, Cyclops had the dumb line where he's like, "Boy, I hope we never see that guy again." And it was like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, like that was that was a bad line. Because at, there. <laughs> at the end of Days of Future Past, like they're all back together, so Cyclops and Jean Grey know that, mm-hmm. um, and now Wolverine's there. So like Logan, he's back. Is like, okay, he doesn't have his memories from the, all that time, so. Xavier's got to yeah. fill in the blanks, but uh, whether he fills that in or not, or whether they bring him up to speed, if they even know, but I don't know. It just seemed weird. It was a cool scene, but completely unnecessary, and it was obviously just forced in there, just like, yeah, everybody wants to see Wolverine, so we're going to do it. I like, I like that he didn't have any lines. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's gonna make a great YouTube. <laughs> oh my god! Like I just thought how great would it be if I just walk out the door, ducks his head back in, and goes fuck, and just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That the, the like the Weapon X scene and the Quicksilver scene are basically 
like they're gonna function as standalone YouTube videos one day. Oh yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Like once those, you won't need to watch this whole movie again. Here's the two best scenes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, they're, like they'll be on YouTube, and you'll be like, "Hey, I want to watch Wolverine kill all those dudes." Again. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, throw in um, all the scene with Magneto's daughter and the bird powers, and you have the best three scenes in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a fantastic scene. Bird swarm. <laughs> I was really yeah. waiting for a bunch of bears to come out of nowhere. And so eat was all I. Those <laughs> that deer she was talking to earlier. <laughs> like, Quick, it's coming right for us. <laughs> Um, I guess we should talk about the Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Uh, it did exist. Yeah. It was in this movie. I just, to me, it totally felt like Brian Singer went, Brian Singer never, because like he he did all the groundwork. He laid do it last hand. Yeah, he laid all the sticks. He put the pipes, you know, and, and it just, he, he, he built the foundation of, of the Phoenix. And then Brett Ratner completely fucked it up. Yeah. And to me, it was just like he, he <laughs> Singer was just sitting around the set going, "I'll show him how to real do a real Phoenix scene." Fucking goddamn it! How much like, <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, "God damn it! I'll show him how to do a real Phoenix scene." And it was for years. Yeah, it, but and it was kind of cool, but at the same time, they were doing that stupid like South Park like telekinetic battle of the minds, where it was like, we're like apocalypse and. Oh, and Professor X and Jean Grey just have their like index fingers pointing at their temples, and everybody else is standing around going, "Uh, what the hell are they doing?" I thought that the special effects of Dragon Ball Z. A little bit, yeah, they were a little bit. I thought that scene more along the lines of Venture Brothers with Killinger going up against the um. Uh, whoever those three dudes triad. was. <laughs> yeah. Not the triad. Um, the, you know, the GCI money people. Yeah, oh, the, oh, the, yeah. yeah, like the vampire guys yeah, or whatever. whatever they're, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Yeah, the, I know what you're thinking of. Yeah, I'm thinking of that good. scene uh, at the end of uh, whatever the beginning of the season was, this past mm-hmm. season. So I thought of that one because it's more amusing. But yes, South Park has it too. <laughs> it's just, uh, they're like, just unleash your power, G. Yeah, and it went really Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't, I mean, I liked it better than Brenton Ratner's version of like <laughs> Femi Jansen just staring at everything, right? Like unleashing the power of stares and whatnot. But I mean, it still wasn't great. But I guess if if your thing, if you're gonna tell me, hey, this is how we beat Apocalypse, and it's the Phoenix, and then I'm like, all right, I guess I buy that because you gotta have something happen, right? Because Apocalypse is is all powerful basically. Yeah. But it's still this weird thing where this is the second time in the series the Phoenix has just been this like Dragon Ball Z power, like my, like Lee Pak mentioned that Jean Grey apparently has, whereas in the comic books it was actually like a Cosmic space force. god. Yeah, it's a it's a space god, the cosmic force. Thank you, uh, Miller. That that enters her body and takes it over yeah. from time to time, it's right? Like it's not unleash your power. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So, do you yeah. think the next X Men movie is going to be in space and they're just going to actually do that? Well, it's. I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up, Rob, because we got the little tease at the end. Did you stay for after the credits? Yep. Yeah. And we got the little tease of the Essex Corporation, which if you've read the... I actually had to look it up. <laughs> because that, I read meant, the that, X-Men, that meant nothing to me. 
if you well, if you read the X Men comics, you know that like at the Essex Corporation, that's something new. That's never existed. But the name, Nath- yeah, the, the, the name, name Essex, Nathaniel Essex, who is Mister Sinister, wow. who I guess will be the villain for whoever gets to make the next one in the continuity. Well, the the odd thing was that Mister Sinister in the comics was created by Apocalypse. Was he? I don't remember. I thought he because wasn't he like? Yeah, is, is he was like hundreds of years old. That's, yeah, and it, Apocalypse. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. Apocalypse has tries not been asleep for thousands of years in like no. comics and the show and stuff. Is that he? He yeah. sleeps for like you know 100, 150, 200 years at a time. Wakes up yeah. every once in a while, stirs the pot, and it's <laughs> like, all right, let's get some shit going. Rattle a few cages. Um, yeah, there's at least it, I, I don't know. Like I mean, you know, it like all comic book series there's dozens of different timelines and stuff like that but there's at least one where he wakes up at some point and he's like all right let's stir the pot again and he shoots franz ferdinand and starts world war one and he's like all right let's mm. go back to sleep let's see what happens um <laughs> <laughs> that and now that you know the rest of the story yeah <laughs> um but yeah so he's in like the 1800s or whatever he he mm-hmm. meets up with uh john uh yeah essex nathaniel nathaniel essex, essex sorry, yeah, and he and uh, Essex is part of the um, what's that club? The Hellfire Club. Yeah. Yeah. Or the yeah, it's kind of like the their version of the Illuminati. Yeah. And you know, fucks around with some stuff, and then basically turns him into Mister Sinister, and then goes back to sleep. And Mister Sinister goes off and does other things. So if yeah, because his his whole thing, Mister Sinister's whole thing is he's trying to create the perfect mutant in order to kill Apocalypse, yeah, right? Like coincidentally, whole, turns oh, out to be okay, a baby okay. of Jean Grey and Cyclops. So yeah, exactly. Which is why he's obsessed with stealing Jean Grey and Cyclops all the time in like the cartoons. <laughs> and which is a really weird thing because he shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't he yeah. just be like, hey? Guys, bang! Yeah, should Nefarious <laughs> Which they be do, like, setting and... up really romantic dates for them? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> they do, and then create Cable, and then Cable eventually destroys Apocalypse, right? So, <laughs> but so you're right. Essentially, all he had to do was set the mood. Really, <laughs> to like is dig a big canal and just you know go around it on one of those boats, like in uh, in Venice and <laughs> Venice. Oh, me, Amore. He's, oh, he's like the Cyrano Bergerac for <laughs> for Cyclops, where Cyclops is like, I don't know what to say, and he's like. Tell her, tell her, tell her you're freaky. Or something like that, right? Like, just whispering things in Cyclops' ear like every sitcom ever where he's got the headset on yeah. while we're on a date. Outside their bedroom window with a pair of binoculars. <laughs> yes, good. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. I mean, I'm okay. I've always liked Mr. Sinister because I always thought he looked cool even though he's kind of a one-trick pony. But one-trick ponies work in... Uh, when, when you're only making a two-hour movie instead of trying to make an entire arc in comic books. So if their move is to go to Mr. Sinister, I'm fine with it. Because what I don't want, what I, I've always hated, I hate, 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 I hate it in the comics, I hate it when they did it in the animated series, and I've just always hated it. Whenever the X-Men go into space, it's just, and the, and they're like, they, they involve like the Shi'ar Empire and like that one chick with the ridiculous hair who's also a psycho, who's also a telekinetic, and then she had basically, like, her and Professor X always have telekinetic space sex. Oh, and it's oh yeah, 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 that chick. Yeah, and it's weird, 
and Cyclops' dad is in space, and it's like, it's very flim, like, he runs, like, this intergalactic bounty hunter troop called the Star Jammers, and none of it's very, <laughs> what? it's all terrible. Hey, dad, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, it's all terrible, and just, I never, like, because it was so, like, and I realize it, it, it's stupid, like, it. I realize how dumb it is to draw a line in the sand of a show where someone is born with the powers to control the weather to say that when these people go into space, it gets way too far-fetched. I realize that that's dumb, but unfortunately, that's the reality of the situation. You know what I I think that is, Pierce, is because when they go into space, it's way too populated. Like, they step five feet outside of their Earth boundaries, and all of a sudden there's like a thousand guys having like, yeah. this massive drama. It's like, whoa, what is going on Turns here? Out they were just there. <laughs> I, I always thought it was actually way more interesting when, when space stuff came down to Earth, because then it's like, yes. it's new and exotic. But when they mm-hmm. go into space, it's immediately populated by like a million crazy big guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just dumb, because it's like all, all, the, all of the social commentary on... Mutants and humans... <laughs> Mutants and humans and 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 the 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 real life uh, parallels to racism and and bigotry and homosexuality. None of that resonates when they're in space. Yeah. Also, right? there was like, none of that in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's well, because yeah, there was the whole thing of like, should we like believe in? The, there was a little bit, but the, like it was so cursory, right? Like it was just like, yeah, we got to throw it in there because there was the, uh, the broadcast where they were like. Everybody was watching TV, and they're like, the 10th anniversary of the Blue Mutant who saved us, right? Yeah, like, there was enough that you could fill about three minutes of it altogether. Yeah. That's not an X-Men movie. <laughs> no. So, I don't know. I, 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 if they're gonna do, like, if they're gonna go into that freaky, ver- like, like realm that the X-Men can go into, where it's, there's kind of, like, other dimensional and, and space stuff instead of doing like the Shi'ar empire and that stuff do the mojo verse please like 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 absolutely do mojo and have mojo just be like basically the world's worst director and (laughs) like like the universe's worst director and then put them in the because you can put the x-men you could basically do the running man with the x-men yeah yeah but you know, in 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 space or something like do that. If you don't do the Shi'ar Empire, do Mojo. Get like Danny DeVito to play Mojo or something like that. I don't <laughs> care. Like that. <sighs> that would be awesome though. <laughs> um, did we get everything on on? That's everything like, I want to talk about. <laughs> I was I was a little upset about a couple of things with Apocalypse. Lay it on it. Well. Okay, so I already mentioned the whole thing where when uh, the nukes went off and he shot them all into space, it felt like, you know, your grandma using Facebook and just completely messing up computers because he mm. hasn't been around for a while. How do I program the VCR? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, don't, I didn't like the fact that he was asleep for so long and just didn't know anything. Uh, because I always I always liked the the idea of the villain apocalypse because he is this force that's been around for so long but has been kind of been guiding humanity and they just yeah. they left that out so much whereas like the past he hasn't like he did that a long time ago but he's been down for thousands of years mm-hmm. um and he doesn't live through time in this well, one he's just been asleep yeah and that, he's he's always i've always seen him as a bit more of a subtle villain mm-hmm. like guiding things to 
basically stir the pot, whereas this, there was no pot stirring. There was, he was trying to become immortal, went to sleep yeah. because of the acts of a few guys. And then when he woke up, he immediately dest- t- tried to destroy the world and failed miserably at it. Mm-hmm. Like, it failed as hard as, like, freaking Johnny Quest villain. Like, just, he's, like, shooting all the mm-hmm. nukes into space. Lizard man, lizard man, and, uh, lizard man. Yeah, you and, Bob. And, and, <laughs> and then, of course, the, uh, I, I wanted to see him be able to grow really big in, in, like, an actual fight and not, not in a minds. Yeah. Mind. I was like, not, ah, a, not in the giant, not crush me telekinetic me. battle of the minds. Um, I mean, I liked Oscar Isaac in this. I mean, he was game with the material. The problem was they gave him too much monologuing to do. I, I think. So I don't want to, like, I don't think it's Oscar Isaac's fault. Oh no. I just, yeah. I, I mean, going with him, the, like they went, uh, if I could bring this back to kind of like Dark Knight Rises, right? Like Dark Knight Rises, Bane. Bane's usually like a like like his like the voice is a big thing with Bane, right? Like where Bane usually in the comic books where you imagine his voice, he would be like this hulking guy where he'd be like, "I will break you" and stuff like that. And then they gave Tom Hardy that like you know when Gotham is ashes. Then you have my permission to die. Ooh, stuff he adopted the darkness. Yeah, I was born in it. Yeah, it, it, it was like that. By it. <laughs> and that worked. And in the X-Men animated series, one of the best um, voice choices of all time is, I don't remember his name, but the guy who they got to play Apocalypse was one of the all-time great voice castings just in the history of comics, Absolutely. especially for villains. It was such a good voice. And... Oscar Isaac just didn't capture that, like, deep, booming scariness, I think, that Apocalypse is supposed to have. Part of that's the material. I'm not laying it at Oscar Isaac's feet. I'm just saying it was, it was like, we, we definitely needed another draft in this movie to make him a bit more menacing, other than just, you know, staring into Professor X's eyes and being like, you will make me whole again, and stuff like that. And it was just like, <laughs> you complete me. <laughs> yeah. You could have kissed him. Yeah, it was, it, that's what it was. A couple points where it was like, "Kiss, just kiss, get it over with," right? And it was just uh, Is that when we see Mister Sinister run in and throw rose petals on the ground and light some candles. Yeah, I'm prepared for this. For an instance, yeah, he's like, "Pops the champagne." Gray is gone. This stuff won't go to waste. Oh, it just. Ah, like, I don't know. I just, like, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Motown has come out at this point. <laughs> 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 Real funky. Yeah. So I, I suppose we're going to get to see. We're going to do Mister Sinister next, which which I'm fine with, as long as they do. Like really lean into the Mister Sinister, where he looks like a, a a vampire with shark teeth, and and like yeah. like give him give him the whole ensemble. Yeah. I I I think with his weird cape that like serves <laughs> no per like spider legs cape that serves no purpose whatsoever. Yeah. It's just total, it's just comic book garb, right? <laughs> well, they've done comic book garb for so many others, so yeah, and they they, they keep definitely keep it going. Yeah, they definitely did it in this one too, because Apocalypse, like I said, was putting face tattoos on on flipping Archangel, right? For for yep. virtually no reason. You don't look cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> now they will let uh, you into hot topic. No one's gonna look at my horseman and go, "Man, that guy is lame." <laughs> he doesn't have nearly enough paint. Who cares? <laughs> Get inked. <laughs> I thought of one other thing uh, 
to bring up before we go. The one scene, um, this would have been around the time of uh, Quicksilver showing up at the mansion when uh, the that group decide to, you know, duck out and go to the mall. Go see a Star yeah. Wars. Uh, I really, once they said, let's go to the mall, and I was just like, all right, please just play some Robin Sparkles. Let's go to the mall. I thought that exact same thing, Rob. Yeah, and I didn't care for that dialogue of the, like, the ultra meta thing where they were like, oh, Empire was the best. Yeah, can we all agree that the third one is the worst? Because how many trilogies were there in 1980? How many movie trilogies were there in 1983? I assume that that was a dig on Last Stand, though, which is pretty funny. Yes, but also, was it a dig on its own movie right now? Yeah. It's the the third one in this. That's how I took it. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's a dig on both. I took it as both, right? Yeah. They they pulled a family guy where they're, like, doing the third uh, Star Wars special, and they're like, yeah, just just give us a break on this one. We didn't really try it very hard. Yeah, it just that's a humor. Oh, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was all. Very do you? Get I, it? I, I do admit I actually did laugh at that point. Uh, I chuckled. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I chuckled. All right, all right. It's because I hate Last Dance so much. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty bad. Like I said, I couldn't. I couldn't think of a lot in Last Stand that I liked. One thing <laughs> they did nail in this movie is they made Cyclops an intolerable douchebag. Which is yeah. and is in every single movie. So yeah, well, that's his character. Yeah, well, and it's really funny is that he, he's like this weird kind of you know nerdy guy is going to get beat up by a jock and then shoots him with giant lasers, and then mm-hmm. as soon as he gets out of the school, he becomes such like a like alpha douche. He's yeah. Like, oh, I'm too cool for school. Let's go to the mall. And it's like, dude, you're <laughs> yeah. a fucking nerd. Settle down. Now I guess I'm cool. The only that guy reason you're not getting move, your ass right? is because there's not someone taller standing next yeah. to you. Those were definitely the right pants. Yeah, that was the, the thing the that the guy was wearing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, I guess so. Uh, you know, Hank <laughs> modified some right pants being lying just put some crystal lenses on them, sure. And I did enjoy the fact that the the generic high school bully guy was just like, "Are you making time with my girlfriend?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did the classic. Are you looking at my girlfriend? You're making time with my girl. <laughs> I love Tom Brian to play everyone. That's the thing that anyone would do in the middle of a class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a girl. It's like he's scanning. <laughs> constantly looking for people who are looking at his girl. And no one time yeah. I can't see. <laughs> and I just I always get upset when people say because I like James Marsden. I always got upset when people said he was a weak Cyclops because he played Cyclops the way you're supposed to. Like clearly, you don't understand what Cyclops' character is supposed to be because he was a perfect Cyclops in the first two, yeah, and then he classic typecast James Marsden. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really get to be in the third one, but <laughs> he was there. <laughs> like, oh man, got blown so, up. On one hand, though, it could just be possible if it's not comic book people watching it, they don't understand that that is Cyclops. They yeah. actually, it's like they they're. Hating on the actor, but they're actually just hating on the character. Well, you yeah, came full like, circle because in the first X Men movie, he was out with Wolverine. You making time with my girl? <laughs> yep. He <laughs> <laughs> completed the circle. He's a looper. Although Wolverine was actually making time with his girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, apparently, she had a uh, mind fucked him earlier in this uh, episode. So. Yeah. Starting way at the beginning, uh, Sophie Turner. Oh, she was all right. She I was had. decent. Yeah. 
Yeah. I believe the American accent. Uh, comic uh, slash show issue I had with the movie is so. Um, how old do we think Nightcrawler was? Uh, in the one? movie or the comics or the TV movie? show? Like in, in the movie? 17. Yeah, 17. 17, 17. Yeah, 16 to 18, somewhere in there. Yeah. See, if they had made him a little bit younger, they could have actually done him properly because Nightcrawler is is Mystique's kid. Mystique's son? Yeah. yeah. It, well, the, the thing, thing is, so at the end of freaking... Um, at the end of First Class, she runs off with... She's supposed to be Nightcrawler's mother, and she runs off with Nightcrawler's father, who's Azazel. Azrael. Yeah, or Azazel, yeah, that's right, Azazel, my bad. Yeah, and so it, it could easily just be like, okay, so they're born, he's born between them, make him, you know, a little bit younger, and then have a big reveal, and that, I think, would be wild for screen time, uh, more than some of the stuff that they did. That would be something else that... to horn into this movie, I think. Yeah. Well, I think that that lines up, though, because when she when she leaves with Azazel at the end of First Class, that's supposed to be the middle of the Cold War, so it's got to be 1963, right? Yeah. And then this movie takes place 20 years later. Yeah. It's just, we think Mystique has an age because she... Because she's been played leave. by the same person three years after. Well, <laughs> well yeah. not only that, nobody's aged. Every, every yeah. one of the characters... Just, yeah, like, that was weird. You, you forget no that it's 20 years later. You had no yeah, point, but it looks like, like it's like only been years older like than anyone else. Well, they say that that Mystique doesn't age because that's part of her powers. Is that yeah, she doesn't sure, age? But that's like, fine. Like, didn't everyone age. else, James McAvoy didn't age. <laughs> they put some gray in his hair or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, like <laughs> their biggest move that they made to make it seem like time passed was Havoc all of a sudden had fucking hockey hair, right? Like, nice flow, you fucking donkey. Take a lap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like like that. You know, seriously, that was the biggest move they made to let us know time had passed. Yeah, he was in Havoc had scenes. long hair. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, was bad. <laughs> oh boy. Um, final grades on X Men Apocalypse, and I want you to let you know. I want you to let me know if you think that this falls into tier two or three on the X Men scale. Uh, let's start with Rob, who gave us the. I think he said a five earlier. Yeah, it's a five or six. It's it's mm-hmm. somewhere that I'll just go five and a half out of ten. Um, okay. But I do think it falls at the bottom end of tier two. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Miller? Uh, I'll say six. I would watch this movie again, but probably not sober. Uh, mm-hmm. And probably enjoy myself. <laughs> Miller? Or uh, Lee Pox, sorry. <laughs> you want Miller to take another lap? One more game? Would you care to try that again? <laughs> oh, well, actually, all right, all right. I guess like I, a five. I, Miller, I think it's on the, the very the bottom end of Tier 2. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's still a Tier 2 movie because there's some neat stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'll get a six. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm right there. Solid six. Yeah, six. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with the six. I like maybe you could talk me into a six five if I if I rewatch it again and I go and I focus. I feel like this is a movie. If I when I watch it the second time, I'm gonna focus more on the stuff I liked than the stuff I didn't yeah, like. That's a good point. Yeah, right? like, I completely agree, but I'm worried if I yeah. watch it again, I'm not gonna find stuff I liked. <laughs> no, oh, right. no, I I think I'm I think with you, Pierce, that. It, you know, the, the first time that I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is an X-Men movie about Apocalypse. You know, this is so cool, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And it's like, that's wrong. That's stupid. 
Ugh. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I teleport into a helicopter. That's dumb. He just said five minutes ago, we can't do that. And, <laughs> you know, all sorts of stuff. And I think the second time through, I might be able to forgive uh, a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I think, I think when I watch that second Quicksilver scene, well, like when I see it the second time, I think I'm going to be like, okay, <laughs> I'm with you. Like, I did, like the first time I questioned it, but the second time I'm just going to sit there and be like, this is fun. You could go either way too. Where yeah, I yeah. just tried to you focus start on watching and you're like, oh, this is awful. Oh, this is awful. And like the entire time you're just like cringing. Yeah, mm-hmm. see with that particular scene, I can't speak for when I watch it again because it hasn't happened yet, but off the top of my head, I feel like I will use that scene to go get another drink. Yeah, it's a very it good there. scene to listen it is, to. It is a lengthy scene, yeah. Yeah. So overall we're sitting at about a Six for X Men, but I don't I don't think for X Men Apocalypse, but I I don't think it's as bad as like some of the critics are just like shitting on it, but I, I'm just like this isn't like a like when you say shitting on you mean like uh, they'd be a three yeah like yeah, there's there's twos it's, and threes okay it's not I don't think it's that low no definitely not like it wasn't fucking yeah. people were talking about it like I think like Rob and I went to go see that stupid ass fan fan four stick or fan fat like the the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Four movie. Oh yeah, well that's a whole other. That's tier seven. <laughs> oh I know, but like I'm saying, there were a few reviews that were treating it as such, right? And I'm like, no, 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 Not no, even no, no, close. no. Yeah. Well, and, and this I'm going to say this has been a spotty year for comic movies, and this is far from the worst. <laughs> well, it's been my expectations are so high for Suicide Squad right now. <laughs> well, it's, been good, it's been good, bad, good, bad. So. Suicide Squad's up next, so hopefully, hopefully that trend continues where Suicide Squad is good. I'll I'll say this: Suicide Squad will be better than X Men Apocalypse. I'll, that I'll I'll guarantee. Yeah, I'm not taking that bet. That makes a lot of sense. At the very least, I, it will like it. I guarantee it will like it better than X Men Apocalypse. Hey, what was but, worse, yeah. uh, Pearson Miller? Because I know you've seen this and you know uh, DC stuff. What did, what did you hate more, this or Batman vs Superman? Batman vs. Bat- that's not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I haven't actually seen it, so I... Batman Batman vs. Superman is a bad movie. Like it's a bad, bad movie. Yeah. This at you least can't you can't justify like a five or a six for that. That no, like there's there's no structure in the Batman yeah, Superman. Even movie. if you don't know Batman right. or Superman at all, like if you're coming yeah. out of a five thousand year sleep and you've not yeah. heard of these guys, this movie is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, like, cause, like the way, like the it, when you finally see it, you'll know what I'm talking about because the pacing and the structure of the movie makes no sense, and they ignore basic like storytelling structures, like the three act structure and character structure, and, and editing is all over the place. You never understand anyone's motivation. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's a bad like Batman Superman is a is a bad 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 movie. Well, all right, and, well, that answers my question. One thing that <laughs> yeah. the two movies did have in common though is they had mm-hmm. great opening s- sequences. Yes. Yeah. They, they both peaked five minutes into the movie. <laughs> yes. yes. Absolute good poll, Rob. Great poll. They, they both, both, X, both they, and they both set the bar really high when it's once you got watching it. Yeah. Then they forgot that they set a bar. Yeah. They both were thinking you're watching a good movie. <laughs> but Batman, Batman Superman set the bar up like pole vault high, though, and then attempted to clear it without uh, the pole. Yeah, it went from like a three to a two. This one went from they were like, we're going to high jump it. We're going to high jump it, but it's a pole vault. No, no, we're going to high jump it. No, not even close. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Batman versus Superman went from like a nine to a two, and this one went from like an eight to a six. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, final review on X Men Apocalypse. We're sitting at a six, but uh, you know, go see it. There's some fun stuff. Maybe, maybe, well, at least see it. Like maybe not go see it in the theaters because. I don't know if it was necessarily worth the eight bucks you got to slap down to go see I don't, it. I don't regret seeing it in theaters, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was entertaining at the very least. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. no question there. Yeah, definitely. At the, yeah, very very true. But uh, some flaws here and there, and I think we. Plus, how often them. do you get new Fossbender? Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> Fossbender's next one is the Assassin's Creed movie, which. I don't know what the hell to think about that. Again, visually, yeah. it looks great. I don't know if Fassbender can hold that whole thing above his head. I saw a trailer for that before this. It looked okay. Yeah. Well, well, in it. It's probably worth watching. The tra- Yeah, the trailer for it. Somebody took the... Because it was like a really good trailer, mm-hmm. but then they played that Kanye song. Yeah. That has no business And for like eight seconds, like, they didn't even go for it. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody on the internet, some glorious human being on the some internet. Some hero. Yeah, some hero took that like like recut like basically let the trailer be the same, but then took the Kanye song out of it and put it, the Ezio theme in. Well, I don't I know. Don't know if there was a cut where someone cut the Ezio theme into it. It was fantastic. Oh, possibly. All I know, all, the only one I saw was like because that uh, Assassin's Creed trailer came out a few months ago, right? And then everybody was kind of like, I, I like that trailer, but I don't like the Kanye song. So, like I said, some glorious human being took the Kanye song out and just left whatever music they had playing over the beginning half of it. And it infinitely increased the awesomeness of the, yeah. Of the assassin. I don't think that's a movie I'll see, but I think it's a movie that we should do a commentary on sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe one day. (laughs) All right. So that's it for this week on the crossover podcast. We'll see you next week, next time where I think we'll be talking game of Thrones. But that puts a capper on our X-Men apocalypse. And thank you guys very much for doing this. Uh, took us a while, but we got here. Yeah. <laughs> took a while for us all to see it, but we finally got there. Uh, so thank you to you guys. And uh, I don't know. Do you want to go see the Ninja Turtles movie? <laughs> That's all I got. Oh, God. No. Uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't really want to pay money for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I would drink see, and watch it, but I don't really... If we go that just see, means you're paying more money. Yeah, if we go see the Turtles movie, we have to go all go see it Yeah, at, in, in theaters, I think. We can't all be like, all right, let's go see it individually and then do a pot there on it. There is literally zero chance I go see the Ninja Turtles movie without a bunch of friends and yeah. Rob yeah. sober. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not a movie yeah. I go to on a Sunday afternoon alone. <laughs> well... With a pad maybe, of paper to take yeah. notes. Mm. Oh, that's basically what I did for this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe we do it. Who knows? Who knows? Let's, let's, let's figure only it out. Time but, uh, will tell. Only time will tell. Uh, take care, you guys. Thanks for doing this. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Charles. Cheers. Thanks for listening.